Believe in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. Clemson football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. LeVon is out today as he is playing in a celebrity golf tournament uh, to raise money. So we uh, hope he hits them well out there and they raise a lot of money for uh, the charity that they're working for. Um, So I'll be holding down the fort today by myself going solo um, here on Believe in Clemson football. So got a lot to talk about. Uh, It was a a weekend off, uh, as you guys know, for Clemson. And we had the weekend as well, so I watched a lot of football this week, and I got a lot of thoughts from that and a lot of thoughts from how things went in the ACC and around the country, and we'll kind of get into that. I'll go over um, the news and notes from around the ACC. We'll go with the ACC Players of the Week. Um, we'll also give uh, – we'll go back to mine and Avon's picks, and we'll tell you how we did on that. Um, and then uh, we got some Clemson notes as well as the Tigers get ready to play Syracuse this Friday night at the Carrier Dome. And then we're going to hear from James Skowski, the Clemson linebacker. He had something to say to the AP voters out there and gave some thoughts when he spoke to the media on Monday. So we'll uh, tell you what that is. But before we do all that, let me tell you about my sponsor, uh, or our our sponsor, I should say, here um, at uh, Believe in Clemson Football, and that is Bet Online. And if you – you know, if you go over to their website, you'll see that they're, they get, they're back and they're better than ever as all eyes are on the gridiron. As teams are back for another football season, as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. With a new updated site and interface and even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head on over to the website at betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. Again, that's the promo code is BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your first bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 postseason. Excuse me, season. Uh, you can also go check out the postseason with the Major League Baseball odds that are on, going on over there as we're knee-deep into the American League and the National League Division playoff series. So go to Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. I just want to get some, get into some news and notes to, from what we heard today and then kind of talk about what happened this past weekend uh, around the ACC and around the country. But But let's go ahead and Kind of give you some news and notes as the ACC, of course, today announced 
the uh, kickoff time for the Pittsburgh game. Um, just want to let you know, Clemson will face Pitt at Hinesfield in Pittsburgh on October the 23rd. That game will be a 3.30 kickoff. Um, it will be either televised on ABC or ESPN. So, again, that's on Saturday, October 23rd. Clemson will play Pitt at 3.30. Uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference announced today. Also, the ACC announced Wake Forest's game at Army will be at noon, and it will be um, a CBS broadcast on the CBS network, sports network. Uh, UMass will be at Florida State. That will be a noon kick and will be televised by the ACC network. Syracuse at Virginia Tech will be a 12:30 kick, and that will be televised on the regional sports network. Uh, Clemson, again, at Pitt is a 3:30 kick, will be either ABC or ESPN. Boston College at Louisville is a 4 p.m. kick and will be televised on the ACC network. North Carolina State at Miami is a 7.30 p.m. kick and will be televised by either ESPN2 or ESPNU. And then Georgia Tech at Virginia is also a 7.30 kick, and that will be televised on the ACC network. So again, Clemson at Pitt is a 3.30 kickoff on uh, October the 23rd. It'll be televised via ABC or ESPN. Just a reminder, Clemson's game this week on Friday night will be a 7 p.m. kick on Friday night in the Carrier Dome. At, in, excuse me, at the Carrier Dome in Syracuse, New York, as the Tigers go and hit the road there. We're going to talk about that game here in just a little bit, but uh, just wanted to remind you that game is a Friday night and will be at 7 o'clock on Friday night um, on ESPN. So, a uh, big game there for the Tigers. But also the Atlantic Coast Conference announced Football Players of the Week uh, for their performances from this past weekend. Uh, at quarterback, they named Brennan Armstrong of Virginia as their quarterback of the week. He earned his third ACC quarterback of the week honors this season after leading the Cavaliers to a 34-33 to come-from-behind victory at Louisville. Um, Virginia trailed 30-13 to entering the fourth quarter when Armstrong directed UVA to three touchdowns, including the game-winning one-yard toss to tight end, <coughs> excuse me, to tight end Garrett, excuse me, Grant Misk with 22 seconds remaining. Uh, twice they converted on fourth downs on that drive of 16 to 17 yards, and they threw for 183 yards during the fourth quarter. Um, he completed, Armstrong that is, completed 40 of 60 passes on the day for 487 yards and three touchdowns um, with only two interceptions. Um, his passing total was the second highest in school history at Virginia and marked the fourth time this season he's passed for more than 400 yards in a game. Uh, Virginia finished with 518 yards of, excuse me, Armstrong finished with 518 yards of total offense, second in the UVA record books only to his school record of 538 yards at North Carolina State, excuse me, at North Carolina early this season. Um, Syracuse Sean Tucker, a freshman running back who the Tigers will see this week, was named the ACC running back of the week. Tucker found the end zone three times in Syracuse, 40-37 to loss to number 19 Wake Forest, rushing for two touchdowns and catching uh, one touchdown pass as well. The touchdown reception resulted in the game score, tiny score with 21 seconds left that sent the game into overtime. Uh, Tucker also rushed for more than 100 yards for the fourth straight game and for the fifth time in six weeks, carrying the ball 26 times for 153 yards. That's a 5.9-yard average. With three receptions out of the backfield, he was the Orange's second-leading receiver in Saturday's game as well. At wide receiver, A.T. Perry of Wake Forest was named the wide receiver of the week. Um, he enjoyed a career day in Saturday's win over Syracuse with three catches for a career-high 137 yards and three touchdowns including the game-winning score in overtime. 
He's now give he's now had touchdown receptions. Oh, excuse me, he now has seven touchdown receptions on the season. Uh, his touchdown receptions uh, covered the other day covered 46, 69, and 22 yards, giving him eight receptions on the season of 20 plus yards or four for 40 plus yards. Um, Florida State's Dylan Gibbons was named the offensive lineman of the week um, as he helped Florida State uh, knock off North Carolina in Chapel Hill 35 to 25. Jeremy Johnson, also of Florida State, their defensive end. He was named the Defensive Lineman of the Week. He had six tackles, including a pivotal sack late in the fourth quarter uh, for, for, the, for the Seminoles. Um, linebacker, the Linebacker of the Week was um, 89 Ali of Georgia Tech. I probably said that. I probably butchered that. Uh, he was named. He had 13 tackles in Georgia Tech's win over Duke on Saturday. Uh Jay Yuan Thomas of Georgia Tech. Um, he I probably butchered that first name too. I apologize. These names are difficult. Um, he registered a career high eleven tackles. Uh, he's a defensive back of the week in the ACC. The specialist is uh, Nick Skiba of Wake Forest. Uh, their place kicker. He had he he connected on field goals of twenty two and forty yards in their win um, over Syracuse. Uh, by the way, Thomas played at Georgia Tech. Uh, he, he was at the Georgia Tech-Duke game. And then the rookie of the week was Malachi McLean of Florida State, uh, or Malik McLean, excuse me, of Florida State. Uh, Malik had a five-yard touchdown reception that counted for Florida State's first score in the Seminoles rally from an early 10-point deficit in their win over North Carolina. It was his first touchdown reception. Um, he started, who has started the Seminoles' last five games at wide receiver. Uh, so that is your rookie of the week in the ACC. So um, there's some news and notes there from the ACC. Um, we also got a few things from Clemson, um, but I want to before I do that, let's kind of um, look at last week's picks. You know, me and Levon do our our picks each week. Our three main picks. We get two two picks that we tell you that we think uh, that are. We give you three picks that we think are going to be. In, that are going to, that you should go ahead and take. Go to betonline.ag and and go take those bets. And then uh, we got one that we say is a lock. So this week, uh, for the second week in a row, Levon went three and zero. He is now six and zero on the season, and of course got his lock too. He uh, he picked uh, he picked UMass to straight up beat UConn, which they did um, in the game of the worst two teams in the century. Um, and then he also. He uh, stood tall when everybody else was saying take Arkansas State um, in their in the uh, minus twenty points. Um, take Arkansas State, excuse me, in the plus twenty points. Um, he stood tall and said that he thought Coastal will cover, and so he said take Coastal Carolina minus the twenty, and he was correct. Coastal Carolina ended up covering in that game. That was his lock of the week. So give Levon credit for that. Oklahoma was his other pick. He said uh, take Oklahoma. To cover the uh, the to, to cover the minus three, um, and they did over Texas as they won that game by seven points in a crazy game out there in Texas. Um, and so he went three and zero. I went two and one in my picks. I also picked Oklahoma minus the three over Texas, and I took Kentucky minus the three and a half over LSU. Um, but I lost, which was also my lock. I lost, I lost the Auburn uh, plus fifteen over Georgia. I picked. I thought Auburn would cover in that game and give Georgia a little bit more run for the money, but I was wrong. 
So credit the uh, Bulldogs there with another win as uh, Auburn um, did not get it done for me. So I am, after two weeks, I'm 4-2, and two, and I'm 1-1 one and one in my locks. And LaVon, of course, is 6-0 and oh, and 2-0 and oh in his locks. So um, basically what I can tell you is we're doing both pretty good, but LaVon's doing great. So if I'm, if I'm, with you, if I'm you, I would pick – uh, I would take what LeVon says to heart because uh, obviously he knows a little something, and I don't know if he's got inside information there, what's going on in Vegas, but give LeVon credit for going and getting that done uh, this past week as he he did a great job, you know, uh, getting uh, getting those picks accurate and, you know, kind of saying how it all happened. And so I, I give him total credit. Um, some other news and notes, uh, that, and it's interesting, I didn't think about this earlier, but you know, and we'll get into this in just a second, but uh, we got a lot of things to, to look at in college football, and, you know, why not just go through the Senate games? I mentioned the picks we had, and, and it was a crazy week of college football. By the way, LeVon, as I said, he covered the Coastal Carolina, Arkansas State, and he, uh, 52 to 20, so uh, that's, he covered it easy, uh, the 20 points there. Uh, Cincinnati, by the way, number 15, Coastal Carolina, by the way, uh, but number, on Friday, that was on Thursday night. On Friday night, uh, number five, Cincinnati took care of business against Temple. They won 52 to three. Uh, number 22, Arizona State knocked off Stanford 28 to 10. That was also on Friday. On Saturday, as I mentioned in that crazy game in Oklahoma, Oklahoma won 55 to 48. Uh, they rallied from 21 points down to beat the Sooners as the Sooners were just dominating that game in the first quarter. We're up 28 to seven, had a block punt, took the lead. But Thompson came off, excuse me, but Williams came off the bench uh, for uh, the fabulous freshman for Oklahoma, came off the bench in place of Rattler, and he went 16 of 25 with 212 yards and two touchdowns. He also had a long touchdown run as he led, helped lead Oklahoma all the way back and get a dramatic 55 to 48 victory. He made some great throws, and um, it caused some interesting situations there with uh with what Oklahoma's gonna have to do now um and you know uh does Rattler stay does he get, go in the transfer portal does you know what are they gonna do at quarterback how are they gonna keep him happy if they if he does stay you know what do you do at this point if you are Oklahoma and you know uh it's gonna be interesting to see what they do uh it's definitely I know I can tell you this Rattler did not uh participate in the celebration with his team he uh, he walked off the field with a sports information person um, and went straight into the locker room. Uh, didn't stay out there for the celebration or any of that, so he wasn't with his team. Um, it's going to be an interesting interesting week there in, in Norman as they try to figure out what they're going to do with their quarterback situation now. But the main important thing is they won, and the Sooners uh, did that. Um, Ohio State beat Maryland 66-17. to uh, Stroud continues to get better and looks more and more comfortable. He went 24 of 33 for 406 yards and five touchdowns. They also got 102 yards from Henderson and two touchdowns as that offense looks continues to roll for Ohio State, but they look better on defense as well as they held Maryland to 17 points. So they're getting better on defense. They're continuing to roll on offense. Ohio State starting to look like that team everybody thought they were going to be. Uh, Michigan State um, it remains undefeated. They beat Rutgers 31-13. to They had no issues there. Uh, in a, probably the best game, second best game of the weekend. I don't know, third best game. The games are so crazy because you had Oklahoma 
you know, in Texas, which we just talked about, which was a great game. I watched it for the most part from start to finish. Then you had, I was also flipping over and watching Ole Miss and Arkansas, which was going on, which was a wild, crazy game. Both teams going back and forth, 52-51. to 51. Arkansas scores a touchdown near the end of the game, and then they elect to go for two to try to win it instead of going into overtime. They did not get it um, as Ole Miss hangs on. Number 17, Ole Miss hangs on to beat Arkansas. Number 13, Arkansas, 52-51. to 51. A great college football game. As I said, so was the Oklahoma game. And then, of course, later that night, we got the great – of course, you had – other great games too we're gonna get into i mean there was just great games everywhere um and that was one of them as i mean it was crazy man i mean just uh matt corral had uh 14 of 21 287 yards two touchdowns uh jefferson at arkansas was 25 of 35 for 326 yards three touchdowns uh both running backs on both teams went over 100 yards uh you had receivers with over 100 yards it was just a total offensive game it was fun to watch um i'm not a big fan of offensive games um but that was fun to watch because of the big blows each team was giving each other um florida uh took care of business and easily beat vanderbilt number 20 florida 42 to nothing uh number two georgia as we mentioned easily took care of number 18 auburn 34 to 10 uh, in an upset boise state went on the road and knocked off number 10 brigham young 26 to 17 wake forest Yes, Wake Forest won again. They beat Syracuse, as we mentioned earlier, 40-37 to in overtime as they rallied to beat Syracuse, even though they gave up over 300 yards rushing in that game but and didn't run for even 100 themselves. But they found a way to win the game. Wake Forest, folks, are 6-0 and for the first time since 1944. To put that in perspective, that means Wake Forest, um, Wake Forest is undefeated for the first time since World War II. Um, that's how crazy that is. Um, the last time they were undefeated, uh, won their first six games, I should say, was in 1944, and P. Head Walker was the coach at the time for them. So, so Wake Forest gets a big win and moves to six and zero there, forty to thirty seven over Syracuse. Uh, SMU beat uh, Navy thirty one to twenty four. Number four, Penn State lost. To number three, Iowa, twenty-three to twenty. And listen, I don't know. Iowa's living on the edge themselves. We've talked about Oklahoma earlier and how they've won all these close games and all. But Iowa, I mean, Clifford was was dicing them up for Penn State. They were at fourteen to three. Iowa couldn't stop them really. They were kind of doing what they want to. Then he goes out with an injured shoulder, did not return, and Penn State's offense went out with him because they could not move the ball against Iowa at all, and that allowed Iowa. To stay with their game plan, stay with their running game, and just wear down Penn State's defense as they rallied for a 23 to 20 victory over Penn State. Um, I think Penn State's still the better team, um, and I think it'll it'll catch up with Iowa. Um, I think if Clifford stays in that game, they don't lose that game. They they don't. And uh, but 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 hey, injuries happen as part of the game, and so Penn so Iowa excuse me gets the big win over Penn State. Uh, Michigan. Uh, had to use every ounce of everything it could to beat uh, Nebraska as number nine Michigan wins 32-29 to in another great college football game. Um, I skipped over, excuse me, SMU knocking off Navy 31-24, to number 24 SMU knocking off Navy. Uh, Notre Dame in another great game. 
they get a last-second field goal uh, as well to beat uh, Virginia Tech 32-29. to uh, Virginia Tech led 29-21 to with uh, probably three minutes to go in the game. Gave up a touchdown drive. Notre Dame, I mean, excuse me, uh, Notre Dame got the two-point conversion to tie it, then got the ball back and went down the field and scored the uh, – and kicked the field goal to win the game. So Notre Dame gets a big win on the road. Number 14, Notre Dame, 32-29 to at Virginia Tech. Uh, number 16, Kentucky, as we mentioned, took care of business against LSU, 42-21. to The game wasn't even really that close as the Wildcats now move to 6-0, and and that sets up a big SEC East matchup next week against number one Georgia as they go to Athens to take on the 6-0 and Bulldogs. That'll be a, a real good physical game. Uh, and then another great game that everybody watched. Before we get to that one, I want to talk about San Diego State beat New Mexico 31-7, 25th ranked San Diego State, beat New Mexico 31-7. But the game of the week that everybody's talking about, obviously, was Texas A&M beat Alabama 41-38. to I watched every second of that game. What a game it was. I mean, uh, Texas A&M was dominating it early and had control of the game, as you thought would happen. Bama came roaring back, got a block punt. Got within three, looked like Moe's on their side. Then what happens? Or got within seven, I should say. Then what happens? A, a kickoff return for Texas A&M. Takes it to the house. Now momentum's back on their side. They're up two scores again. Alabama comes right back and not only ties it up, but they take the lead, 38-31, to 31, as they score 21 unanswered points to take the lead. Look like they're going to win this game. Uh, the quarterback for A&M, who was their backup quarterback because their starter got hurt early in the season, um, he 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 gets knocked out of the game. And so everybody's thinking they're going to have to go to a walk-on um, quarterback, but he's able to uh, able to come back in and, and, and finish the game. And what a miraculous finish he has. He First he led them, as we said earlier, he led them on the tying drive that tied the game. Then their defense gets a stop. Um, and gets the ball back because their defense was on the field at one point. I think it was 30, uh, 45 plays for Alabama to 13 for Texas A&M in the second half. So their defense was wearing down, but they, they got a drive, went down there and tied it. Um, that's when he got knocked out, and everybody wondered what was going to happen with him. Then the defense, because they got some rest, kind of looked like they did earlier in the game. They get a stop, they get the ball back, give it to their quarterback, uh, he they come, he comes back out, surprises everybody that he's back after it looked like a serious knee injury, but it turned out it wasn't, thank goodness. He comes out and leads them right back down the field, and A&M gets the winning kick. And if you haven't seen it yet, the kicker for Texas A&M, his family, they got a video, the SEC Network did a video of his family as they watched the game-winning kick. Um, they were recording it as they were watching it there in the stands, and it's a great uh, video. You need to go check it out. It's, it's trending all over Twitter. If you haven't, go check that out. Um, but yeah, big win for the uh, for the Aggies, and that was a that was a great game. One of the better games I've seen all season. Um, but there were a ton of great games on Saturday. It was a crazy week of college football with so many games. And when we look at it, we had one, uh, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight games involving top 25 teams that went down to the wire or overtime. 
That that's how many uh, of those. That's how good they were. Seven points or less. Those eight games were decided by seven points or less, and it all started with Oklahoma and Texas, and it just carried on through the night and finished up with uh, Texas A&M stunning Alabama, forty-one to thirty-eight. Um, so of course that led to a shakeup in the polls, and I put out there on Twitter the other day. I wondered if AP voters were going to keep in mind that Alabama lost to an unranked team. Um, and it's nothing against Alabama, but Alabama's, you know, they're still, Alabama's still one of the best teams in the country. I'm not arguing that. But Alabama lost to an unranked team, just as, you know, Clemson lost to an unranked team, uh, just as uh, several other teams have lost to unranked teams and have fallen in the polls. Um, so, it, you know, I think what's a record through the first six weeks, 40 ranked teams have lost now. Um, it's a record. Uh, for the in the AP poll era, which began in 1936, but my whole thing was, how were the voters going to punish Alabama? Were they going to punish them for losing to an unranked team the way they have done other elite teams this year that have lost to unranked teams, such as Oregon, who lost a few weeks ago to an unranked um, Stanford team, uh, UCLA lost to a um, an unranked team. And they, and they were hit hard in the poll. So those teams were hit. So I wonder what they're going to do. Well, they did what they were supposed to, I thought, for the most part. Uh, I probably would, could have seen Alabama go a little bit further down after losing to an unranked Texas A&M team. The same Texas A&M team, by the way, guys, that lost to Mississippi State and barely could score 20 points. The same Texas A&M team that only could score 10 points against Colorado. The same Texas A&M team that lost to Arkansas. So you get where what I'm saying here. Uh, it's Alabama. They're a good team. I don't know if they're a Georgia top top team right now. Georgia's I think far far and away the best team in the country. And the pollsters did give Georgia uh, the AP voters did rank Georgia number one with 62 first place votes. That's all 62 votes went to the Bulldogs. Iowa is number two in the poll. Which I don't necessarily believe Iowa's number two. I just I think they're still, I think the verdict's still out on Iowa. I don't. I still don't believe in Iowa as a as a top top five team, top ten team. I just don't. I think it's going to catch up with them at some point. Their offense is, they're just they're not they're not good on offense. They're just not. I mean that's my opinion. Um, I know some Iowa fans disagree with me out there. They disagree with me on Twitter when I brought it up before in the past, but they've. They've gotten lucky. They've gotten really lucky. Their defense is excellent. They're probably the second-best defense in the country behind Georgia, but their offense is not very explosive. They don't have an elite quarterback, um, and uh, they struggle to move the football consistently, um, especially when they play a good defense. And if, like I said, if Penn State would have had their quarterback stay the whole game, Penn State would have blew them out. There's no doubt in my mind they would have blown them out. It was 17-3. to Iowa couldn't stop Penn State. And Penn State's defense was dominating and control of the game at that point. Um, and I think that would have continued. Um, so, <clears throat> anyway, uh, number three is Cincinnati. I like that. I think the Bearcats are definitely a top four team. In my opinion, they should be number two. Um, Oklahoma is ranked number four. Again, remember my preseason national champion was Oklahoma. Um, they're still sitting there. Uh, they're back in the top four now and deservedly. So, Alabama fell to number five in the polls after its loss to Texas A&M. Ohio State moved up one spot to number six. Penn State dropped from number three to number seven after their loss to Iowa. So see what I did? See what happened there? Penn State, without their quarterback, 
lost to the number two ranked team in the country and fell four spots, and that's deserved. Alabama lost to an unranked team and only fell four spots. So you see my point? You see what I'm getting at here? Um, I just think the AP, and again, not against Alabama. This is against the pollsters. They're not consistent. I think there is some bias going on in the polls, and I don't think you, they treat every team the same. That's the way I see it. That you know, and James Skowski of Clemson will comment on this later as well. He had some thoughts about that today. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. But I just don't think the AP voters treat everybody the same. And listen, I used to be an AP voter, so I talk with experience as far as what I saw with my own eyes with voters. I took voting in the AP poll very serious when I did it. I mean, I guys, I would stay up and watch every game and I could. I mean, I seriously did. I would record other games that I couldn't watch, so I wanted to make sure I got a good representation of every team in my poll. So, And then each week my poll was different. I didn't go back and use last week's poll for reference or anything. I did exactly on what my eyes told me who I thought were the top 25 teams in the country. I'm going to tell you, everybody doesn't do it that way. That's the way it should be done, in my opinion, but that's not the way everybody does it. I know a lot of writers across the country. I know guys that have written it, that have been AP voters, and I can tell you they don't do it this way, and they don't do nearly the homework that I do. Um, you know, And that's fine. I understand some, they're busy. they got families, and they're, they, they, they want to do other things. they got their own team to cover, and trust me, when you cover a team – um, like I cover Clemson, and you got to go try to look at what everybody else is doing. It's hard because, like those windows, like say games at three thirty, you don't get to watch hardly any of the noon kickoffs or any of the late games because you're you got to go to the stadium and get you know get there and all. And by the time you get there, uh, you don't get to watch maybe about a quarter or two quarters of a noon game. Three thirty, you don't watch any of the other games because you're watching the Clemson game. You're covering that game. And then the night game, you don't get to watch any of the night games because you have to do your work. You have to write stories and things of that nature, press, post-game press conferences and those things. So you don't see any of those night games either. Um, so it's really hard. So you got to record games. you got to do it. You know, It's really hard to stay on top of it. So I don't blame them. But at the same time, if you agree to do it, you need to make sure you do it right. And I just have an issue that sometimes they're not – treating every team as equal as you should. It, it shouldn't matter about history. It shouldn't matter about traditions. It shouldn't matter about what the other team was ranked the week before. It's what you think this team is ranked this week, right now. So when me and LeVon do our top 10 picks, I do it based off what I think are the top 10 teams this week. I don't look back at last week's. So even re- I don't even pay attention to it other than to see if, if I did, after I'm done, if I did move somebody up or down and how it went. So, that's how I handle it. You know, again, it's not the same as everybody else, but hey, you know, that, that's the way it is. So anyway, uh, Michigan, by the way, they moved up a spot to number eight. Oregon is now, uh, uh, they dropped a spot there, now number nine. Uh, number 10 is Michigan State. <clears throat> by the way, for the first time ever in the AP poll era, five Big Ten teams are now in the top 10. Uh, that's number two, Iowa. That's number six, Ohio State, number seven, um, Penn State, number eight, Michigan, and number 10, Michigan State. Uh, Kentucky, who will go to Georgia this week to play uh, the Bulldogs. We're going to find out just how for real Kentucky is 
as they will play number one Georgia. Um, who had that matchup? Who out there had this matchup that the biggest game in the SEC East this year would be 6-0 and and undefeated Kentucky against number one Georgia? Raise your hand if you had that matchup. If you knew on October 16th that was going to be the matchup, raise your hand. That's right. There's nobody out there that did that. Uh, but kudos to Coach Stoops and what he's done with Kentucky's program. They're playing really good football right now. They're 6-0. and uh, Oklahoma State's number 12. Ole Miss moved up to number 13. Notre Dame stayed at number 14. Uh, Coastal Carolina still remained at number 15. Uh, Wake Forest moved up three spots to number 15, excuse me, 16 in the polls. Arkansas fell four spots to number 17. Arizona State moved up four to number 18. Brigham Young fell, as they should, losing to an unranked team at home. They fell nine spots. See what happened here, guys? Brigham Young lost to an unranked team. Now, granted, it was at home, but still, they lost to an unranked team. And they fell nine spots, as they should. Still think Alabama should have fell more than four spots. That's just me. Um, Brigham Young, by the way, is uh, number 19. Uh, Florida remains number 20. Uh, Texas A&M moves into the top 25 and jumps NC State. They're now number 21. NC State's 22. Uh, SMU is 23. San Diego State's 24. And Texas, even with the loss, moves to number 25. Um, excuse me. They fall four spots down to 25. My bad. Uh, so, anyway, so Texas is 4-2. They're number, they're number 25. So, here's what I was getting to here in a second also. And this involves Clemson. So, Alabama... When you look at Florida, they're four and two. Granted, they're four and two. They played one more game than Clemson, but they're four and two. Texas A&M's four and two. NC State's four and one. What? Why? Why is NC State ranked lower than those two teams? NC State should be ranked higher, in my opinion, uh, because NC State did get a big win too. But NC State, you know, their win was a few weeks ago. They've done nothing to say that uh, A&M should have jumped them in the polls. You know, and that Florida should have jumped them in the polls. I mean, NC State was 23 last week. Florida was unranked. So was A&M, according to what, uh, excuse me, Florida was ranked 20th. So Florida stayed where they were. Okay, I'll take that back then. Florida, you're fine. You were there first. You stayed. Still, that's going to be part of my argument here in a second. A&M, though, shouldn't have jumped NC State because, yeah, they beat the number one team in the country. Get that. But NC State didn't do anything to lose their ranking. I mean, to fall under them. I think you should move both teams in and just move NC State up one spot and kept A&M underneath them. Because A&M's got two losses. They lost to Arkansas. And they lost to um, Mississippi State, unranked Mississippi State. So why is A&M, who lost to an unranked team, ranked? And they and the team they another team they, they lost to, was ranked, yes, in Arkansas, but they're like, they're ranked low. Okay, I mean, when I say low, they're 17. But you get my point. It's the same scenario. So, and this comes where I think you saw James Skowski on Monday have a little bit of issue with the respect that he thinks Clemson does not get. Because as he mentions, and we'll play the interview here in just a second, Skowski mentions that, hey, Clemson lost to the number one team in the country on a neutral field by seven points. Then they lose to a ranked team in NC State in double overtime. 
and they're not ranked. Yet A&M, who got beat by Arkansas and got beat by Mississippi State, and people can't say, well, but, you know, they, they, Clemson ain't played well. Well, guess what? A&M hadn't either. A&M, A&M, until this week against Alabama, they hadn't played well at all. I mean, if you look at A&M's schedule, I mean, let's just go from the beginning. They they, they, they played Kent State and won 41-10, to lost their starting quarterback. Then the next week, they go to Colorado, and they only get 10 points, and they squeak out a 10-7 game. And you, If you watch that game, Colorado should have won it. Colorado had many chances to, to take that lead. They were up seven to three and extended to fourteen to three or twenty one to three. Um, eventually lost it in the fourth quarter. Um, then they played New Mexico. They beat them thirty four to nothing. Then they only got ten points against Arkansas. Arkansas beat them down, beat them like a drum, twenty to ten. The same Arkansas team who just gave up fifty two points to Ole Miss and was hammered at Georgia thirty seven to nothing. They beat A and M twenty to ten. All right. Then they lose to Mississippi State, unranked Mississippi State, 26-22. to Okay? You see where I'm going here? You see where Skowski's going here? It's like, what, what's the situation here? Florida, the same thing. Florida lost to Alabama. Then Florida lost to Kentucky. Okay, so Florida, yeah, they lost to Alabama and Kentucky, both teams that are ranked in the top 11. I get it. That's fine. I understand. But still, why is Florida ranked? Why is A&M ranked? I'm not saying those teams don't deserve to be ranked. That's not what I'm saying. But why are those two teams ranked? And they're not punished, especially A&M, they're not punished for losing to an unranked team. Yet Clemson, who was ranked number nine when they lost to NC State, fell all the way to 25, then beat Boston College, a Boston College team that's better than people think, beat them, in a very physical game, showed a lot of improvement offense. If you've been watching Clemson at all all year, the Boston College game was Clemson's best offensive game against an F- FBS team. It wasn't even close. It was their best game. And Clemson sl- slipped out of the pole, dropped out. Then this week, Clemson's off, and they lose more ground. They, they, they Auburn, who just got hammered by Georgia, you know, got more votes than Clemson did. Clemson went from receiving the most votes last week than any team that didn't get in, to now they're second behind Auburn in that category. So Skowski met with the media today, and he kind of vented some of his frustrations, some of the stuff you just heard me say. So here's Clemson linebacker James Skowski on his thoughts and the disrespect Clemson's getting in the AP poll. It's kind of frustrating uh, when you look at some of the rankings. You know, we're, we're unranked team, you know. Our two losses are against a number one team in the country at a neutral site, 10 to three, and uh, at a double overtime versus a top 25 team. So I think, I mean, that's kind of frustrating on my part when you when you almost feel a little disrespect. I mean, I get it, but like you said, there's plenty of time left to to climb up the table again. And you know, like you said, nothing's off the table for us. Nothing is. So we just got to keep one game at a time. Just try to win the next one, and that's all we're going to focus on. I mean, there's no difference. I mean, it's all the same when it comes to preparation. Like, we're just going to, the same way we always do, prepare, you know, put a game plan together, you know, work hard, practice hard with intensity. And But, uh, I mean, 
We haven't won a game on the road yet. This team hasn't. So we just got to – I mean, people like to over overthink it or make it something that's not. It's just football. I mean, it's just a field, and we're going to go play a team. You know, all that other stuff. To be honest, when you're on the field, I guess on defense – it's either really loud at home or it's not loud at all. So to me, it doesn't really make a difference defensively. And maybe the offensive guys can feel that home away vibe a little differently. But defensively, you don't. Man, just there's 100 yards field, and you're just going to play a new another opponent. And that's how I look at it. Going back to the rankings thing, Alabama loses to, to an unranked A&M team. They fall a few spots. You guys lose to, to North Carolina State. Plummet. Yeah. Do you feel like the Clemson's held to a different standard around the country than other teams? Um, no, I mean, I think we've, in the past, I think we've, I feel like we've probably earned probably a little more respect. Um, and I think we should be given a little more right now in particular. But, I mean, people, A&M is a great football team. Sure. I mean, that's a great football team. So, I'm surprised that all Bama dropped a few. Oh, Bama, come on. Everyone knows Bama's a top four team. I think so. So, I mean, I mean, just all we can control, we can control. So that's what we're going to do. Just keep playing. All that will take care of itself. Do you feel like this gives you a, a second chance, though, and the second chance starts Friday to, to kind of make the season what you want it to be? Yeah, it's all about how you finish, right? Right. No one, no one remembers. We always say it in here. No one remembers September. I remember you know, November. <laughs> When, it all, when it's all said and done. So you can start great, but it's all about how you first. You can start bad, but it's all about how you finish. And that's all our focus is now. I mean, that that's done. Three and two, that's I mean, that we can, nothing we can do to change that. We can grow from it, though, and get better. And I, and I believe we're doing that. And so I guess we'll find out real soon. That was Clemson linebacker James Skowski. Again, he's not happy about it. And he's saying, if you heard, and I let that interview go longer because I wanted you to hear what he said on the back end of that interview as well, where he said, you know, he was asked about Alabama, Texas A&M game, and, you know, Alabama just falling a few spots down, and when they lost to an unranked team, they fell all the way down to 25. And he basically, and he, he didn't say anything against Alabama, but he said, yeah, you would think we earned that respect like they had earned that respect, that Clemson wouldn't be just tossed aside like they had been. And, I, and it makes me wonder – why is Clemson tossed aside this way? You know, why Why is that? Why is that the case? You know, I have a theory, and I think I brought that up last week on this podcast when me and LeBron were doing it last week. My theory is this. I think media around the country, they don't like Dabo Sweeney. Now you ask why. Why do you say that? Well, what has Dabo Sweeney done to the media? He's done nothing to them. They don't like the fact he's a cheerleader. That's one thing. They don't like that. They don't like the fact that he gets on to the referees for some reason. I don't know why. Every coach in America gets on to the referees when they make bad calls and stuff like that. I don't know why, but for Clemson, when they do it, when Dabo Sweeney does it, he's considered to be whining. Okay. When Nick Saban does it, it's not whining. When all those other coaches do it, it's not whining. When Mac Brown does it, it's not whining. I don't understand. I just don't understand. But the main reason I think they all have issues with Dabo has nothing to do with football. It has everything to do with who Dabo Sweeney is and who they think he is. They think Dabo Sweeney is not legit. They think he's not um, genuine. 
is what I mean by that. They don't think he's genuine in who he is as a person. If you know Coach Sweeney, you know that he's very big in his faith, and he's strong in his faith, and he's strong in his belief factors and that he believes a certain way, and that's who he is. And he's like that all the time. And I think people that don't know him, they have this perception that he's phony. Because in their mind, there's no way a coach is like that. There's no way a person is like that in their mind that has such strong faith and continues that in his everyday life all the way through. He just doesn't say it. He lives it. And they have a problem believing that for some reason. And you say, well, how do you know that? Well, I've had guys tell me that. When I've covered these college football playoff games and these big bowl games through the years, guys have come in and they we've talked and they'll be talking to me and they always were like, Dabo Sweeney surprised me. I didn't think he was really that way. And I'm like, what do you mean? I mean, they're like, he just sat back and just talked to us for like 15, 20 minutes after the press conference and was just so genuine and open and answered our questions and was really nice guy. And I just thought that was an act. I just thought... He was, wasn't that way. I thought, you know, he just put on a show so he looks good in front of the camera. I didn't really believe he was that way. But, man, he really is that way. You guys must love covering him. I'm like, we do. We do love covering Dabo Sweeney because he is that way. He's very nice to us, to meet his local media guys, and he generally cares about us. Earlier this year, we had Dabo Sweeney um, for a, um, in one of his Zoom calls. And, of course, we've been doing some in-person stuff. And Dabo talked about how he loved that he was getting to see us again in person. That he missed us. And he genuinely did miss seeing all of his beat writers that he sees every day. And there's like six or seven of us that are there every day. And he was so glad to be, to be seeing us again after going a whole year or so, going like, what, 13, 14 months without seeing us at all. And uh, because of the COVID restrictions and things of that nature. And so... People, people around the country who don't cover Clemson, they for some reason think Dabo is not the person that he is because of what other people have done. And I'm not going to name who those coaches are. I think you know who I'm talking about. But there's been other coaches out there who put on this persona that there's something when the TV camera's on, but when the TV camera's off, they're not that person. Well, they kind of hold that against Dabo because they just can't believe that he's really that way. And that's how Dabo's been able to turn this Clemson program around. That's why he was able to turn this Clemson program around and get it from a team that could not get out of its own way and could never get over the hump and play for an ACC championship or win an ACC championship to becoming the team that's gone on to win, uh, gone on to six straight college football playoffs and win two national championships and play for the national championship two other times other than that. That's why he's able to do it. And so um, that's my theory on this. I've, like I said, I've kind of talked about that before. Um, but it is what it is. It's, 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 it's something I, that, that I feel strongly about. And I know this because of the way other reporters act when I go to these other events around the country. And I've had the pleasure of doing that. And they finally get to see who Dabo Sweeney is. So, um now, I'm not saying they don't respect Clemson and the program and what they've done, but I think when Clemson has a moment of weakness and they show the first sign that they're not as good as they have been, 
they want they they're gonna tr- drop Clemson out immediately because now they get to take their shot at Clemson. When Clemson's winning, there's nothing they can do about it because Clemson's beating Alabama. You know what I'm saying? They they beat Alabama twice in the national championship games. They went and played for two other national championships. There's nothing they can say about that, so they can't do anything about it. But once Clemson showed some vulnerability, they they drop them. They drop them like hotcakes and. Um, and then everybody's like, oh, Clemson's dynasty's over. You know, Paul Feinbaum, what he said. Tiki Barber saying, well, at least we don't have to, we won't hear from Clemson the rest of the year. James Skowski saw that. He wasn't happy about that stuff. He saw those comments. You know, the dynasty's over, according to Paul Feinbaum. These guys, these guys, they don't get it. And I don't know why they want it to be over. I mean, all they talk about hearing was, you know, you know, they, they, they don't want to hear about Clemson and Alabama. But when Clemson falls, they fall, and okay, that's fine. You don't want to hear about them. You drop them, whatever. But when Alabama loses, it's like, well, Alabama's fine. They play in the SEC. They're good. Alabama's great. Alabama's dynasty's still going. They're going to beat everybody. And they probably will. You know, I mean, Alabama ain't going nowhere. We know that. But you know what? Clemson ain't going nowhere either. They lost two games, guys. They haven't lost seven or eight. Tiki Barber says Clemson's going to lose a bunch more games this year. He says... After Clemson fell out of the, after Clemson lost to NC State, his comments were, "Yes, he says now after this we won't have to hear about Clemson anymore because they're going to lose a whole lot more games this year." Really, Clemson's going to lose a whole lot more games this year. Really, I don't believe that. I think Clemson actually is going to get it better because Dabo Sweeney's teams always get better through the course of a season. Think about it. When's the last time you saw a Dabo Sweeney team get worse? The only time I can think of was 2011. They won the first eight games, and then they then they lost that first game to uh, uh, Georgia Tech, I believe. <clears throat> then they they lost. Uh, they then they they found a way to come back, beat Wake Forest after that, um, and then they go and lose to NC State in South Carolina, and then they beat Virginia Tech in the AC Championship game. Then go and lose, as we all know, what happened in that Orange Bowl. But Dabo's when he said that season taught them not only how to win, but also how to lose and how to handle expectations. So instead of so they learned how to win and then to continue to win. And you saw that the next year when they played LSU. And they went 11-2 and that season and beat LSU in the game. And that's when you knew that they understood what they could do and how they needed to stay at the same level all the time, regardless of who the opponent is. And that's when they went on the run that they've went on. And I still think that's the case. And if you look at every Dabo Sweeney team after week six of the season, they get better. You, with the exception of 2011, if you look at that, that's when you see the team get better. Even that 2010 team that went six and seven, they got better as the season went on. They did. They went six and seven, and they lost the bowl game. That's why they had the losing record. But look how many close games they had. They got better and better as the season went on, and they gave themselves a chance to win. That's going to be the same case here, except unlike 2010 where they didn't have the talent, they got the talent now, and they'll be just like that. This coaching staff has done that over and over and over again, has proven that. I don't know why people don't pay attention to that. It's frustrating to me, um, you know, because people just never pay attention to that stuff. And it's like, you know, you got a track record. They're all about the spread and the track record, and you got to go what this team has done here and how they've done here and all this. But yet when it comes to Clemson, they don't do that. They, they don't do that. 
They don't look at the track record. The track record tells me Clemson's going to be fine. And I believe you're going to see that this week when they go play Syracuse um, on Friday night. I believe you're going to see Clemson's going to be just fine. You know, and by the way, Clemson had a ton, a ton of injuries this year. So they're trying to get healthy. That bye week came at a great time for them. So, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a big week So for Clemson, I think. Um, I think you're going to see some improvement on offense. I think you're going to see some improvement with DJ Uyunglele. Um now they're going to have a tough challenge stopping that Syracuse run game, and we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But I think they're up for the challenge, and you're going to see the Tigers do what they need to do to get this thing back on track and get themselves in position to win a seventh straight ACC championship. Um, speaking of the ACC uh, games this past weekend, as I mentioned, Georgia Tech beat Duke 31-27. Virginia in another great game. We hadn't even talked about this game hardly. Virginia rallied from 30 to 13 down entering the fourth quarter to beat for uh, Louisville 34 to 33 at Louisville. Uh, one of the biggest wins in for University of Virginia football history. Uh, Wake Forest is actually one of the biggest wins in ACC history as well. Of course, we all know what the biggest is. That's Clemson rallying from 28 points down to beat Virginia in Charlottesville 29 to 28. Um, Wake Forest, uh, as we mentioned earlier, rallied to beat. Uh, Syracuse 40 to 37 to go six and0 for the first time since 1944 Florida State man Matt Brown he can't beat North he can't beat the Seminoles can he Florida State went into went into uh, Keenan Stadium in, in Chapel Hill and dominated that game the final score was 35 25 but it was more it was that was 35 17 for a long time and probably could have been worse Florida State just ran all over them just did whatever they wanted to in the running game Um you know, uh, a good win for Florida State um, as they uh, got their second win of the season. Notre Dame, as I mentioned, beat Virginia Tech 32-29. to So if you look at the ACC standings right now, in the Atlantic Division, of course, Wake Forest still leads the Atlantic Division. They're 4-0 now. Wake Forest is halfway through the ACC football season. Um, North Carolina State has only played one game, by in contrast, by the way. Uh, the the Wolfpack is just one and zero, but they're four and one overall. Um, Clemson is next, two and one in the ACC, three and two overall. Florida State is behind the Tigers now; they're now two and two, and are two and four overall. But hey, the Seminoles in that Clemson game here in a few weeks starting to look a little bit better. Um, if Florida State can get another conference win or two, that thing might be interesting. In case you're curious, the, the Seminoles play UMass this week. Probably going to get a win. They'll get to th- uh, in two weeks. Excuse me. Probably going to get a win to get them to three. Uh, at that point, to give them their third win to get them to three and four. So they'll be t- three and four, two and two overall coming into that date against the Tigers on October thirtieth in Death Valley. So that game's going to have a little bit more meaning than we thought it would at the beginning of the season, just because of where the two teams are positioned. Because uh, I think Clemson's going to win at Syracuse this week. I think Clemson can go to Pitt and win that game, and then all of a sudden the Tigers are sitting in great shape as well. Um, Louisville is uh, one and two in the conference, three and three overall. Boston College is still zero and one and four and one. They had the week off this week as well. And Syracuse is zero and two now in the ACC and three and three overall. So Clemson's got a big matchup with the Orange this week. Is you got a team that's going to be hungry, that's going to be fighting. Um, they they want to they want to try to get themselves in position for a bowl game, and they're going to need a win over somebody they're not supposed to beat to do that. And Clemson. 
is prime candidate. So the Tigers are going to have to come up there and know that they're going to get a big. Uh, they're going to get Syracuse's best shot. Um, in the Coastal Division, Pittsburgh is one and zero and four and one. Virginia Tech is still one and zero. That win is crazy. Virginia Tech won their first ACC game the first week of the season against North Carolina, and they haven't played another ACC opponent since. And here we are, all the way back, all the way into week six, uh, week seven, excuse me, this coming week of the college football season. And they're finally going to get back into ACC play. Uh, but anyway, right now they're one and zero, so they're still they still control their own destiny, regardless of that loss the other day. They still control their own destiny. Um, so that is where the Hokies are at. All right, then after Virginia Tech, you got Virginia at two and two in the Coastal after their big win. Uh, over Louisville, Georgia Tech is also two and two. Uh, they got that big win over Duke, as we mentioned, and uh, they're three and three now overall. North Carolina, what the heck happened in Chapel Hill? The Tar Heels two and three, and are three and three overall. Two and three in the ACC. They're sitting right now fifth place in the Coastal Division. They are out of it. They have no chance now of making it to the ACC championship game. Um, unless just some chaos comes and everybody starts beating everybody. Um, but anyway, uh, so they're 2-3. and three. Miami is next at 0-1. And, and then Duke is last at 0-2 and 3-3. And three and three. Miami is 2-3. And, and by the way, D'Eric King, um, he's out for the season. Uh, it was announced earlier. Um, he's going to have to have uh, so- shoulder surgery, I believe. And it's gonna uh, he's going to be out for the season. That's correct. It is shoulder surgery. So... Tyler Van Dyke now has been named the new starting quarterback for the Miami Hurricanes. He, of course, came in and um, started the game against Virginia and I thought played well in the second half. Now he's going to be the guy from here on out. So that's a big deal for uh, for Miami. Um, just to give you an idea, this week's coming games, as we mentioned on Friday night, Clemson will be um, on the road at Syracuse. That is a 7 o'clock start on ESPN. Right now, Clemson is a 14-point favorite. By the way, that line opened at 17, which is crazy because why in the world would you open that game at 17 with the way Clemson's offense has been playing? So a lot of other people agreed with me. and they, So the line moved to 14 today. So we'll see where it's at tomorrow. But right now, it's at 14. Um, Duke is uh, on the road. They're at Virginia. Um, that game is a on Saturday is a 12:30 kickoff. Will be on the regional network. The Cavaliers are 11 point favorite. By the way, you can go to betonline.ag and bet on these games. Um, Miami is at North Carolina. That is a 3:30 kickoff on the ACC network. The Tar Heels are a seven point favorite. It's going to be an interesting game to see. Um, you call this the disappointment game? Um, you got 0 and 1. Miami in the ACC play, but two and three overall against two and three North Carolina in ACC play and three and three overall. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Pittsburgh, as they wait to before they got to go to Clemson, they got a big game in the ACC Coastal Division. They got to play Virginia Tech. They go on the road, uh, four and one Pittsburgh against three and two Virginia Tech. That's a three thirty kickoff. Pitt is right now is a five point favorite. For that game, that's a three thirty kickoff on ESPN two. I will be watching that one contently because obviously I'm off on Saturday because Clemson plays on Friday. So I'll definitely be back home in time to watch that one. Looking forward to uh, that game. That will be definitely on my schedule. And then Boston College hosts North Carolina State, another huge game. And this is a 
this is a game that's going to be interesting. This is a the 7:30 kickoff on ACC Network. NC State is a three-point favorite. Look, I think Boston College can win this game. Um, Boston College is very physical at the point of attack. They can run the football. Um, that's what they're going to want to do. NC State is, you know, they did play physical with Clemson, but they, you know, they're a defense that. Um, I think if you can run the football with consistency and run well, you can run the ball on them. Uh, they're not going to let you get big pass plays, obviously. Um, they showed that in the Clemson game. They're going to try to eliminate those things uh, by the way they play defense. But they were a little more attacking against Clemson uh, than they had been in previous games. So we'll see. We'll see what NC State does. I think the game really ba- is going to be based on NC State and their offense and what their quarterback can do. He didn't look good. He's looked good at home. But he hasn't looked good on the road. Didn't look good at all against Mississippi State. Uh, threw three interceptions, three in the red zone. So um, we'll see what NC State looks like in this game. That's an interesting game to keep an eye on. Right now, NC State's a three-point favorite. That might be something I look at as we go through the week, maybe as a um, potential pick here uh, on my, uh, my my weekly three picks. So we'll see. Um, so that's some interesting stuff out of there. Uh, coming out of the ACC, um, so yeah, so uh, an interesting week here. Uh, just want to kind of—it's a big week for Clemson. Let's say what it is, right? I mean, it's a huge week for the Tigers. They—they they go on the road. They got to play a very what's the confident Syracuse team. And why did I say so- yes? They're coming off back-to-back losses, back-to-back heartbreakers. Lost on a last-second field goal to Florida State. Last second field goal. They easily could have won that game. Rally from 10 points down. Then they blew a um, an 11-point lead twice to Wake Forest. So they had an 11-point lead on Wake Forest. They blew that lead and then lose in overtime to the Demon Deacons. So Syracuse is a much improved team than they were a year ago when they went 2-10. and 10. They're 3-3. Three and three. They're 0-2 in ACC play. Okay. Um, but they're better overall. Just kind of give you just a little news and notes here. Clemson leads the overall series against Syracuse seven and two. Um, of course, Clemson has a four zero record in Death Valley. They're three and one against Syracuse at the Carrier Dome, which is where this week's game will be played. Uh, of course, that one loss came in 2017 um, as Syracuse stunned number seven, excuse me, number two Clemson that afternoon on October 13th. 2017. So it's going to be four years and two two days from the day that the Orange beat the Tigers in the Carrier Dome. Um, that game, I believe, it was 31-27. Uh, they won it. So or 27-24, maybe that was the final score. Uh, have to look that up. But regardless, of that, I think it was 27-24, and uh, they they stunned Clemson in that game. That's their only win in the Carrier Dome. So their two wins, their first, uh, their other win came, of course, in the Orange Bowl. Excuse me, not the Orange Bowl. The Gator Bowl. They beat Clemson um, in the first meeting between the two teams uh, on a neutral site there in Jacksonville in the Gator Bowl back in 1995. Uh, those those were Syracuse's two wins in this series. Um, so the last meeting, of course, Clemson won last year, 47 to 21 in Death Valley. Clemson, of course, has won three straight games overall in the series. Um, after a much needed week of rest and recovery, Clemson will return, as we said, to the to the football field this week on Friday to play Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. Prior to an open date last week, the Cardiac Clemson improved to 3-2 in 2021 with a 19-13 victory over Boston College on October 2nd. Very few seasons of Clemson's 126 history have featured the kind of early drama the Tigers have produced this year. 
All four of Clemson's games against FBS opponents in 2021 have been decided by one possession, marking only the seventh time in school history that at least four of Clemson's first five games of a season have been decided by a final margin of eight or fewer points. Uh, of course, those other dates happened in 1906. Um, Clemson was 2-0-3 in those games. In 1958, Clemson went 4-0 in those games. In 1960, excuse me, in 1976, Clemson went 2-1-1 in those games. Um, in 1980, Clemson went 3-1 in those games. In 2001, Clemson went 3-1 in those games. In 2005, Clemson went 2-3. And, um, and then in 2000, excuse me, in 2021, Clemson is 2-2 two two in those games. So, um, all season, Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney has... Uh, Praised his team's heart, its effort, and its will to win, and that was once again true following Clemson's win against Boston College, which Clemson ended with 16 members. Check this out. Clemson ended with 16 members of its preseason depth chart either via long-term injury, in-game injury, or departure or disqualification. That number also doesn't account for the absence of a number of other expected depth chart contributors or surprising newcomers like Will Taylor, who earned the punt return job, and a niche on the offensive role coming out of fall camp. Uh, Dabba Sweeney said, we were down 10 or 11 guys. It was crazy, he said in the post-game press conference. We had a mash unit going on. It's been cra- It's been a crazy year. Our depth is really being challenged. We need the open date big time. Our biggest concern is just the health of our team's injury, health, and depth right now by far. That was Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney. Um so Clemson, as you as I said, is looking to prove 8-2 all-time against Syracuse. Uh, Clemson is attempting to win its fourth straight game. Uh, the Tigers are looking to go to 4-1 in road games against Syracuse. Uh, Clemson's playing Syracuse while the Tigers are unranked in the AP Top 25 for the first time in the history of this series. How about that? For the first time in the history of this series, Clemson will not be ranked. Clemson was ranked, AP ranked in all nine of the previous meetings, including the 1995 Gator Bowl. Um so, so Clemson has been ranked in all eight of seven of the eight previous meetings. Excuse me, including a top three ranking. Clemson's been ranked in top three in seven of the eight meetings. So, wow, that's that's it's interesting. Clemson, however, remains ranked in the football coaches poll this week, and will ha- and, and are ranked number twenty five. Um, Clemson is attempting to improve to thirty to 25 and 5 all-time on Friday games and improved to 26-20 in Friday regular season games all-time. Clemson's attempting to win its first game on a Friday since 2016 against Boston College. Uh, Clemson attempting to improve to 28 and 1 in October games in the college football playoff era. The contest will be played in similar circumstances to its lone October loss at that time, a Friday night game at Syracuse. Clemson is attempting to defeat an ACC Atlantic Division opponent for the 39th time in its last 41 opportunities, those figures include games against traditional Atlantic opponents in a divisionless season in 2020. Clemson is attempting to improve to 55 and 4 against ACC opponents since the start of the 2015 season. Clemson is also attempting to improve to 71 and 5 in regular season games uh, since the start of 2015 season. Um, Clemson, which is unranked in the AP poll for the first week after being number 25 in the AP poll prior to its most recent game, is attempting to improve to 28-6 and under Dabo Sweeney in games in which it enters 
ranked lower in the AP poll than it did the previous contest. That record includes season openers, which season openers in which Clemson opened the season lower than its ranking of the final game of the previous campaign. Clemson's playing its first game as an unranked team since November 22, 2014, which is a 28 to nothing win against Georgia State. The last time Clemson was unranked in the AP poll, Clemson responded with an 85 to nine run after that. That was their record, by the way. Clemson went 85 and nine, six ACC titles, six college football playoff berths, four national championship game berths, two national championships, and a school record 107 consecutive weeks ranked in the AP poll. That went from 2014 to 20. Uh, 2021, just a few weeks ago. Clemson's attempting to prove to 112 and 13 against AP unranked teams under Dabo Sweeney. A win can make Clemson 80-93 against unranked teams since the start of the 2020 season. So there we go. That's uh, that's some notes for Clemson as they get ready to play this series against the Orange. It'll be the 10th meeting all time between the two schools. Um, so uh, only the ninth time in regular season play. Uh, so Clemson has won seven of the eight meetings since Syracuse joined the ACC in 2013. So, uh, it's going to be interesting again, Clemson at Syracuse Friday, seven o'clock kickoff will be on ESPN. Uh, thanks guys for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, LaVon is supposed to be back tomorrow, so we'll have him back tomorrow. We'll kind of maybe talk a little bit about some of these things as I want LaVon's opinions on it. We'll also talk about what we heard at Debus when press conference, kind of get into that a little bit too, and then start getting you set for this game against Syracuse. It's going to be a huge, huge game for the Tigers as they need to keep winning in order to uh, have an opportunity to play for a seventh ACC championship. So until tomorrow, for myself, I guess, because <laughs> it's just me, we'll see. You, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Believe in Clemson Football with LaVon Perkins.